All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Luke chapter 15. I want you to keep your Bibles open this morning. And uh, I want to preach to you a very familiar, very familiar story. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. The Bible says, And he said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with what kind of living? Riotous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. No man gave unto him, and we'll come back to the other. Look in verse 25. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother has come. Thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead, and is alive again, and was lost, and is found. I want to preach to you this morning a message entitled, Silent Issues. Silent Issues. Let's pray together. Our Father, I thank you for our gathering this morning. Thank you for College Chapel. Uh, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would anoint me today as I preach. I ask for your fullness. I ask that you'd help us to have spirit-filled preaching today. And I ask that you'd help us to have spirit-filled listening. Help us to hear what the Spirit saith unto us. Work in our lives in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to remind us that in the story of the prodigal son, we don't need to forget there are two sons involved. Two sons. Of course, the younger is obviously seen as the rebel. He seems very unappreciative for all that has been provided for him in the father's house. The fact is, he speaks very disrespectful to his father, I think, when he says to his father, give me the portions of good that fa- goods that falleth to me. It's like he's saying, I, I want my inheritance and I want it now and you need to give it to me. And so the father, as we know, gave it to him. Days later, the Younger son gathers all he has together and he leaves town. And he not only leaves town, but he journeys all the way to a far country. What seems to be his motivation is just to get away. Just get me out of here. 
What seems to be his motivation is to rid himself of what could probably, what, what he probably would describe as overbearing surroundings. I mean, he just couldn't spread his wings and fly like he wanted to at the father's house. There were rules, there were regulations, and responsibilities, and a host of requirements. And he had no interest in being told what to do whatsoever. So he sprung. He sprung. He sprung into what type of, type of living, you tell me? He sprung into riotous living, which tends to tell us who he was with. He was with rioters. He was with unruly people. He associated with a rowdy crowd. Harlots are even mentioned in verse 29. He sprung. He, he sprung into riotous living. He sprung into wastefulness, which tends to tell us what he did with what he had. He squandered it. He spent his inheritance. He wasted it all. So we see the, the younger son, he, he springs, he leaves, he goes into a far country and he sprung into riotous living. He sprung into wastefulness. He, he sprung into want. By the way, which was not a part of his far country fantasy. And the famine that took place was not a part of his far country fantasy either. And we all know where he ended up, don't we? Where did he end up? In the hog pen, right? In the hog pit. Thank both of you for participating this morning. He ended up wallowing in the mire with the hogs. Just him and the hogs. No lasting friendships there in the far country. I mean, you know, hog, hog philosophy is, is every hog for himself. The hogs, he looked eyeball, eyeball with them. They didn't care about him. Ah, they gave him a little snort here and a little grunt there and a little nudge in the sludge just to let him know that it was their pen, not his. It was a lonely place for the prodigal. But we know the end of the story, don't we? We know the end of the story. Sure we do. Look at verse 17. And when he came to himself, praise the Lord, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my... Father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Verse 22, But the father said to the servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found. And they began to be... Uh, uh, Mary, I mean, whoopee, praise the Lord, amen, glory to God, yippee, the younger son came home, what a story, man, praise the Lord. But that's not the end of the story. There's another son, and that other son's got some silent issues, tucked away deep in his heart that are no good. Fact is that are quite destructive. Let me be quick to remind all of us that we all have issues. Amen? We all have issues. That's why the wise man Solomon said to his son in Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the 
issues of life. The older son had some silent issues that he never tried to solve in the father's house or with the father's help. He was entertaining thoughts in his mind that needed to be evicted instead of embraced. Can you believe it? I mean, here the younger son comes in, comes back to the father's house safe and sound, (coughs) and the elder son just cannot find it in his heart to rejoice and be loving and forgiving and gracious and kind or even friendly with his own brother who has just returned from the snare of Satan. He got issues. He's got issues. Issues waiting to explode if the right situation presents itself. And I'm here to tell you that old Slewfoot's mighty good at orchestrating such situations. I want to ask you this morning, are there silent issues that you're not earnestly and fervently trying to solve with the Lord's help, even here in a Christian college, surrounded by godly people. Issues, do you have issues that have gone under your parents' radar, have gone under your pastor's radar, gone under your youth pastor's radar, under your peers' radar, under your professor's radar, and maybe some of you under your spouse's radar? You've learned to navigate in the physical realm undetected. But there's some Silent issues. Maybe secret sins. Maybe forgiveness that you've not given for past injustices that you suffered. Maybe suppressed anger and hatred. Maybe deep hurts and fears and unwholesome desires and ungodly attitudes, issues in your heart that have lingered for a long time. The older son had them all along and he was present and accounted for every single day in the father's house. You see, while the younger son was in the far country wasting his substance and riotous living, the older son was at home. But his heart was wallowing in the pig pen of sin. On the outside, it looked like he had everything all together, but on the inside, he was harboring sin so that when the younger son came home, boy, that was it right there. The older son's hog pen heart surfaced. You see, Daddy didn't handle that situation. I'm talking about the younger son coming home, that situation. Daddy didn't handle that situation like the older son thought he should. Fact is, he probably thought Daddy was just a little overboard every day looking down the pathway that the younger son might one day come home. He probably thought Dad was just wasting his time praying that the younger son might come home And certainly the the older son didn't breathe a single prayer. You see, the older son had his expectations of how the situation ought to be handled if the prodigal son came home, but his thoughts were not his father's thoughts. So when the father's words and actions didn't meet the older son's expectations, 
Well, that tipped his little attitude cup over. And it all spilled out in front of the father, in front of his household, and in front of even you and me today. So if the older son's heart was not full of love and grace and forgiveness and joy and kindness, what's it full of? I want to say number one, pride. Look in verse 25. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to them, Thy brother has come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. Watch this. And he was angry. That's not it. And would not what? Go in. He wouldn't go in. Not me. I'm not going in there. I'm not about to celebrate my brother's coming back home, and I don't think you should either. He doesn't need a celebration. He needs chewing out. That's what he needs. We need to give him some stern looks and strong reprimands. Man, this is not a time to make merry. This is a time to be mad. And so he was angry. He thought he was right. He thought everybody else in the house was wrong. So instead of joining in the celebration and joining in the party, he sulked in his pride. Now listen to me. And you listen well. If you're low on grace, then that's a sure sign that you're full of pride. God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. You see it, don't you? While the younger son was wallowing in sin in the far country, his older brother was wallowing in, number one, you tell me, pride. He was wallowing in pride. By the way, both were in the wrong. Both were in the wrong. So if the older son's heart is not full of love and grace and forgiveness and joy and kindness, what's it full of? Number two, jealousy. Look in verse 28b. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. Man, what's going on? What's going on, buddy? And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatty calf. He got all this, and I got nothing. I've been here working my fingers to the bone. I've done everything you asked me to do. And you never gave me a big meal like this and invited all my friends over. Now hold on. Don't think that the older brother has a case against the father. No, he's jealous. Are you with me? He's envious. He's not in the right. The father is in the right. He can gripe and complain and criticize and throw his temper tantrum and seethe in his lousy attitude all he wants, but he's in the wrong. The father is right. 
Now, I don't, I don't know where this sibling jealousy started. I don't know. It may have started when the younger son beat the older son to the draw and demanded his portion and departed for the far country. You see, maybe the older son was jealous of the younger son getting his inheritance now. Maybe he was jealous because his younger brother actually did what he wanted to do in his own heart. And maybe his younger brother actually went where he really wanted to go in his heart. And maybe the older brother thought, like many people do, that his younger brother was where the grass was greener. He was in the far country. He was enjoying folly. And he, the older son, was stuck trying to console his grieving father and grinding away day after day on the family farm. And his younger brother was fulfilling his lust while the older brother's at home, in his mind, living a lackluster life. Those thoughts war on that older brother's mind for many months. Jealousy to the point of anger. And anger to the point of being a non-participant in welcoming his younger brother home. He's got issues. You agree with me? He's got issues. He's harboring deep and hurtful feelings and sins that can destroy a life. And he's right there in the Father's house, isn't he? I mean, he's right there present and accounted for where he's supposed to be, right? But man, there's a lot of things going on in here. And, and we read the pastors and we think about, oh, you know, man, that don't... That, that prodigal son that left home, I, I'm going to tell you what, I, I'm going to be quite honest with you. I, I think we might have two prodigals. One of them left, one of them stayed. One, one, listen, one of them went to the far country and then got a heart to come back home. Are you with me? And the other one had a heart for the far country. Right? He stayed at home. The older son, now listen to me, let, let, let God speak to your heart. The older son has got some silent issues. And one of them is what? You tell me. Pride. Three of you that time. One of them is what? Pride. The second one's what? Jealousy. The third one's greed. Verse 31, 32. This is the father. Now the father, he says to his son, he says, and he saith unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. Now notice that next phrase. And all that I have is thine. There's something about the father knows the son, doesn't he? There's something about the father, he already knows what the son's thinking. There's a problem. Father discerns it. All that I have is thine. It was meat. It, it was meat that we should make merry. The father saying, this was the right thing to do. 
It's the right thing to do. And be glad. For this, thy brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. He's got greed. Did you see that? Did you see the father very wisely address that silent issue when he said, all that I have is thine? Here it is. I believe the older brother was thinking that little brother, that little rascal, is going to come back. He got all his inheritance and he's going to manipulate daddy for more. But the father addressed that when he said, now listen son, all that I have is thine. I mean, the, the, the older brother is all bent out of shape with greed. My little brother got a nice robe, a ring, a new pair of shoes, and a steak supper. What else will dad give him? Wonder what else he's going to get. He doesn't even want his worn down, poor, penniless, repentant brother to have a robe, a ring, a new pair of sandals, and a warm meal. He's got issues. He's got issues. Silent issues. That he's not dealing with. Serious heart issues in which he's not seeking to solve. So he can move forward in his life with a, with a, a, a genuinely right and good spirit. And he had those issues in the father's house. you're here for college days and you're in high school, do you realize you can be active in your youth group, busy as a bee, present at all functions, and be harboring silent issues that could scar and wound your life deeply because you won't deal with them? And you sit in youth meeting after youth meeting, you hear sermons Sunday after Sunday, and visiting preachers, and you sit in conferences, and you sit in revivals. God speaks to your heart, and God works on your lives, and maybe that jealousy is still seething, that greed, that pride, that anger, that bitterness, and you just have not dealt with it. Silent issues need to be dealt with. You realize you can be in a Christian college acting like everything's okay on the outside, involved in many ministries, and be harboring silent issues that could hinder the Holy Spirit's work in your life and even in time destroy your life. Do you understand that you could go and serve in a church or Christian school or on the foreign field? Ignoring your silent issues only to have those issues surface at a later date, hurt God's work, and bring shame to the name of Christ. Do you understand? Silent issues need to be dealt with. Do you understand that you could be married to a wonderful spouse, but for years not giving attention to some very deep and pressing silent issues in your own heart? 
only to have them surface years later, much to your marriage's harm and your children's broken lives. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to the staff. I'm preaching to the faculty. And I'm preaching to every college student in this room and young person. Let's keep our hearts with all diligence. Let's not harbor sin. Let's not harbor wrong spirit. Let's not skim over problems and difficulties and adversities we've encountered in the past and to allow, and allow them to hinder us in living for Jesus. Move on to victory. Search the Holy Scriptures. Seek godly help. Yield to the Holy Spirit of God. Allow Him to have His way in thee. There's victory in Jesus and there's victory over your silent issues. There's victory. There is victory. God help us to realize that. When you read this passage from now on, don't forget their two sons. Don't forget that both of them are really in the hog pen. And don't forget that you and I have hog pen hearts. Because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You guard that heart. You guard that heart, young man. Guard that heart, staff member. You guard that heart, faculty member. You guard that heart, young people, college student, pastor, assistant pastor. Just stand guard of our hearts. Just deal with those silent issues.